0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Yeah, I just saw one of your other co-hosts bring in a topic recently about how they're using, like, tea to make fertilizer, and I thought it was interesting to see that the media is actually finally acknowledging that food price inflation is a thing.
0: Okay. Certainly, you're referring to the story that uh, Richie Rich uh, brought in Sunday night, which is essentially that there is a widespread fertilizer shortage mm. and people can counter that with human urine that, that was the uh, that was the essence of the
2: article, right? Yes. okay. So your point and is what?
1: That they're, that whatever media source that was, I don't remember where he got it from. They're finally admitting that food inflation is a thing versus the CPI always tries to hide. Food
2: inflation. I think you're referring to price increases, which is uh, commonly the the term inflation is used to describe that. But it's ultimately inflation is an increase in the money supply and then prices tend to go up as a result. I haven't seen the media ignoring. uh, No, they've been talking about it
0: for years. And this was part of the issue that I had with the story that we discussed Sunday night, which was, you know, when when the immigration crackdown began, they told us that, you know, fields were. Drying up and dying in California because there weren't enough immigrants to Mm -hmm. to tend them and stuff like that. And none of that ever really affected us. It doesn't matter how great your economic numbers are if there's nothing on the store shelves. And again, there's plenty on the store shelves, and there will be for quite some time. Not as much as there was. Right. But there's still plenty. I I
2: did note that there was more milk in the milk section of uh, Market Basket this week than previous week's. But in previous weeks, there've been it's been slim pickings, so it kind of comes and goes in in waves. At least I'm not saying here. it
0: won't suck for people who like really enjoy milk or whatever, yeah. and you know there's no milk on the shelves. I'm not saying that's not going to be unpleasant. Yeah, but you know they, I don't want to say they can get powdered milk because I know that's you know no real substitute, but they they can get powdered milk.
2: Yeah, and and there uh, we went and looked at this. Uh, there's like a new. Kind of butcher shop that opened up here in Keene recently, and Bonnie and I went over there today. I'd heard about that. Yeah, it's in the neighborhood. Now, the sad part of the story is it replaced a business that had been around for two and a half decades that died during COVID. So that's that's the op- that's the place, uh, the physical location that it it took over. But uh we just wanted to go and check it out and you know, it's what you might expect. It's a fairly high end kind of you know, you're buying local meats and you're paying oh, twice nice. as you're paying twice as much. You yeah, know, but for, it's local. But it is local, yeah. Um so you know, we decided to try some some local chicken or whatever. But I, I pointed out to Bonnie I'm like, this thing's at least two times what you would pay for a, a chicken.
1: The gentleman before was talking about food price, I wanna kinda of comment on that. Cause sure. It's really scary the way that food prices work right now. Um, A lot of what we do is called future contracts. So um, restaurants are actually not able to write future contracts anymore, but it used to be like a year or two ago that you would agree with your vendor, hey, we're going to buy at least this much chicken every week, Mm -hmm. and this is going to be the price, right? Um, And that was the agreement. It was a one-year contract. And then the vendors would agree on price per chicken Mm -hmm. one year at a time, right? Like, they're going to buy the chickens, and they're going to kill the chickens and slaughter the chickens, but they're going to have a cost that they're going to pay. right? And this goes all the way back, like, wherever the cycle begins, it goes all the way there. With produce, it goes back to a chemical compound called urea, right, which is fertilizer. Well, that chemical compound is really important right now, because russia controls most of the urea in the world um and so, it sounds like a silly
0: business plan to to sell your chicken basically for the next 365 days at a certain price i mean what if I, half your what if half the chickens in the united states get bird flu and die or whatever suddenly your chicken is a whole lot more valuable but you can't charge more because you're locked into this contract that sounds like a, a system that was primed to fail from the beginning as soon as there was any sort of economic hardship. That's that's a bad business plan. If you want to lose your customer
1: base at a restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead and print new menus every, every month. Week. We yeah. did, we
2: well,
0: they're we not even that. doing that. Uh, there's an article today on the Drudge Report about how restaurants are now using stickers to, yeah. to get around that.
2: Yeah, well, I'm at, uh, we went to, Bonnie and I went to a popular restaurant in New Hampshire, it's a chain called Red Arrow. It's a 24-hour diner. Generally, cheap food, right? You're in a diner. Uh, it's, It's pretty good stuff. Great selection. 24 hours. You can't beat that. But I I noticed on their menu that it was updated in November, and then I noticed on their menu that it was updated in April. So it's been updated twice in the last six months. Uh, so, yeah, restaurants are definitely increasing their, their rates, because even if they locked in their chicken contract, they may not have everything else locked in, especially what they have to yeah. pay people and, and all that.
0: Yeah, you know, like the Indian place here in Keene that takes cryptocurrency, they they got rid of their menus. They don't even tell you what the prices are anymore. It's just
2: whatever you order. He tells you what the
0: yeah, because the price changes constantly, right? So I mean, yeah. what what's the? There's no benefit in printing out a menu saying this is how much this costs if you're going to have to print the entire menu again a few days later.
2: Yeah, I get your I get your point though, Stephen. You're you're saying rest, restaurant uh, regulars expect a certain price, and they yeah. may uh, their business may dry up if the price starts going up.
0: I'm looking at the numbers here. The The United States is the second leading country in production of urea, which is ammonium nitrate fertilizer, apparently. Russia is number four with about about 70% of the amount of production that the U.S. has. However, the U.S. is... So I was like, how much does the U.S. actually import from Russia? And Russia isn't even in the top 15. Okay. However, so okay, so what is the United... Maybe it's other countries that are using Russian uh, fertilizer and we're importing food from them. So where does the U.S. get its food? Uh, primarily from the United States. Also right. from kind can, uh, Canada, Mexico, South France, America. Italy, Singapore, Thailand, United Kingdom, China, Brazil. Yeah. And then there's another category that's probably about 25%. That's, yeah, we're not getting food from Europe. No. And it's 163 countries. Presumably Russia somewhere in there. So it just doesn't look to me like the United States is getting any of its food or any of its fertilizer from Russia. Yeah, it definitely in,
2: sounds like fear In know? any
0: meaningful capacity.
2: So it's but that's not to say prices aren't going to go up, as we're talking about with the gas prices hitting record uh, raw number highs, according to CNN. I mean, Business. that'll
0: drive up the price of food, because that food has to be
3: delivered. Correct.
2: It'll drive up the price of everything.
3: Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about inflation as uh, And I call in and there you guys are talking about inflation. Well, it's a common uh,
2: discussion these days because it's affecting absolutely everybody. So it's it's a good topic for us.
3: Yeah, the inflation I wanted to talk about specifically was petroleum. Um, It just costs so much more at the pump than it did a couple of years ago. And, you know, like maybe we can blame it on Joe Biden. Maybe we can't. I don't really know. And I don't really care. Um, I do know that I've got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty bad. And I can control the amount of time that I'm getting in a car, but um, you know what I'm thinking. I was thinking of was those heating prices up in New Hampshire. Now ha- New Hampshire doesn't have for those who live up north. New Hampshire doesn't have much many gas lines. Right? Not where uh, the Free Talk Live studios are, and we heat with oil, which is basically there's actually a
2: studio. gas line running into this uh, this studio. Is there? Is there? When did yeah. that happen? Uh, it's been here forever. There's uh, natural gas lines all throughout Keene. There's a company called NH Gas. Uh, I think they changed their name to Liberty Utilities a few years ago. That's how the water gets heated here at the house.
3: I bet I bet you're wishing your furnace was running on that stuff these days. Uh,
2: because, no, that's gone up.
3: Yeah, I was just call, uh, specifically con- commenting on the uh, price of fuel just going up and up and up and how much it costs to homes in. Uh, places that use oil heat like in new hampshire Mm -hmm. um and
0: i mean this it is getting excessive i I just want to stress that again it's 500 dollars per oil delivery that's the minimum that Mm -hmm. a person can get delivered and And it was 300
2: last year right yeah
0: and generally 100 gallons it it lasts me about three weeks some people may get more out of it but Mm -hmm. in, in my place it lasts about three weeks so and I've had to get two oil shipments within the last you know, month or so. So $1,000 right off the bat, and that's bare minimum. Yeah, It's, it's obscene. That's but an th- almost 100% price increase in real-time. It feels like a 100% price increase.
2: Now, Mark, this affects people in not just New Hampshire, but everywhere that uses gas. Don't a lot of the islands uh, use gas-powered generators?
3: And that's one of the things that I was going to go to is, is that they're using diesel generators on a lot of islands, but the electric company is regulated in most places. So um, in fact, what's happening in a lot of places is instead of the prices going up, because they can't, um, the government has come in to save us. Um, they're just having outages. <laughs> they're like, Oh, well, you know, power's not working. Sorry. At this point, I laughed at the people who said that they were going to roll tanks into New Hampshire to stop us, Free Staters, when in fact they did roll a tank into my studio. So I don't know what the truth is and what falsehoods are anymore. Because in fact, the federal government rolled tanks into the Free Talk Live studio. So if somebody fled the state over that, then I guess that's a legitimate reason to have fled. Good point. All I'm trying to say when I'm saying it is that I think that the right people to move to New Hampshire are the right people to move to New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and that many people have left. So therefore, somehow the marketing that we were doing was to some of the wrong people to move to New Hampshire. And all I want to do is help the right people move to New Hampshire and help the wrong people not to move to New Hampshire. Because I imagine it is a very demoralizing and expensive mistake to pick up and move your life for whatever reason one might go to New Hampshire for more liberty and then have it not work out the way you want. Now, there are people that moved and then uh, that moved and then moved away that probably say, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm glad I did. it. But there are probably other people that don't feel that way. Hey, Daily Digest
1: listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest.
2: If you just look at political successes, no other libertarian movement anywhere has come close. The Libertarian Party in fifty years has not even done a fraction of what the Libertarians here in New Hampshire have accomplished.
3: Well, that's a very uh, U.S. centric look at things, and I've tried to deviate from that because I can. Well, the tell Libertarian you parties
2: and elsewhere in the world are also pretty useless as well. So, I mean, we've definitely well, done better than they have.
3: Libertarians in Honduras did propose this special autonomous zone, this upgrade to the special economic zone, and they got it passed through uh, legislatively. That's a political, by the way that I count politics, that's a political win. And that zone is more, I mean, it has its own civil law, its own police. It's able to exclude um, the, the, the local police from their zone and they can have their own arbitration they can basically run their own town their sovereign
2: but yeah you you but yeah you chose not to join it
3: i don't have the option of joining it at this time why not um which what do you mean i chose not to join it
2: okay i presume you're talking about the prospera which is uh, located there's on there's two of them okay
3: there's two of them. One is Prospera.hn. The other one is Morazon.city.
2: Right. And,
3: um, you know, they're, they're, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen in Honduras. There's different farming practices on different farms. I hope the farming practices on Prospera work.
2: But you're saying you can't even move there if you wanted to. There's not any actual places for sale, no places to oh, there's build. there's places
3: for sale, but you, there aren't currently places. Well, I'm not allowed to announce anything that is beyond that, but there
2: are no places to live at this time,
3: as I understand it, according to um, what I've seen from Prosper.
2: So this is a pretty speculative thing, right? Like whoever gets into this special economic zone is getting in on the ground floor. They're going to have to build a house. They're going to have to build a a business, a a warehouse or whatever it is.
3: No, um, at Morazan City, you can go to dot City right now, and we're renting out units at Morazon. I'm involved in that too, because um, I think that these are the just the best idea. I want to be involved in each one of these projects. And now, this is the one that's on the food.
2: mainland of
3: Honduras. Yeah, this right. is
0: where you're not going to be living with other libertarians. You're going to be living with a bunch of Honduran textile workers, right?
3: Well, I don't know whether that's true or not. At this point, the Honduran textile workers really haven't moved in, and nobody feels uh, real solid because of the Honduran government uh, voting to get rid of Zedes. So what I'm doing is I've managed to get five units rented to libertarians. Really? People that care about this stuff. Do these units exist? Uh-huh. Yeah, they've got, they've I have told got you over places. and over again. Yeah. Yes, this isn't for rich people. These aren't palatial things, skyscraping above the uh, the slums of Choloma.
2: There's a certain segment of people that living abroad and being wealthy enough to do that is they're out there. Sure, you know, and uh,
0: there's and I mean, if you can pay two hundred bucks a month in rent for you know a, a two bedroom apartment, yeah. that's
2: you don't need to be wealthy. Yeah, case.
0: and you can make two hundred dollars a month plus online, and you got to figure groceries are probably significantly cheaper there in the Honduras or whatever. Possibly, so. yeah. You, you could probably live comfortably, reasonably comfortably for there. a thousand
2: bucks a month, easy. Yeah no, oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and so that's one side of it, right? Living in the Morazan City, you can live relatively cheaply. Living over on Mark's Resort Island, probably not so cheap. Uh, in that particular case, but. The world now has more people working from home than ever before, right? So during the the whole COVID situation, that was one of the positives that that came out of it, was that a lot of people who had never worked from home were able to work from home, and turned out they liked it. And it turned out some businesses thought it was a, a productive thing, so they kept it. So there's definitely more people that can do this sort of digital nomad lifestyle than ever before. So maybe it is time for these things to to these special economic zone projects to rise to some prominence and have some success. And I hope it does. I I don't wish it anything bad. I I think it's great. Mark believes that this is his calling uh, from God to you know move forward with with this project and and make one a success. And and I hope it does work out. So, New Hampshire does have a problem with government. I mean, it does exist. The idea of the state is still alive and and well here, as the Croydon vote that he mentioned uh, pointed out. Oh, I guess I didn't get to tell the rest of the story with Croydon. So, I said I was going to and then completely forgot about it. So, Croydon school board vote, uh, they voted to cut the budget in half earlier this year. Big deal, right? Like, it made a lot of headlines. And then uh, the status... Found a loophole. They said, "Oh, well, we can get a, if we can get half the voters to turn out to a special meeting that we call, then we can revote on the thing that was already voted on." So it wasn't a done deal, and they did get enough people to show up at that meeting. And Mark was correct; the vote was like three hundred something to two. But that's because the opposition's plot was to not show up at the meeting. The they were literally telling the people in the opposite. The opposition was really literally uh, telling people to not show up, and the idea behind that. Was it if they if they didn't show up? When you say up. the opposition, I assume you mean the people who were
0: against the uh, numbers being cut because that was how it worked out. You know, they cut Correct. it in half, and it was the guy came in with a sales pitch, and he had all the numbers and the graphs and the stuff to demonstrate it, and it looked great. Yeah. But then you know the the status were galvanized by that. we can't let this happen to our schools big time. So they they found some loophole, as you said, that allowed them to have this emergency meeting. Did the did the the libertarians the free staters did they even know about this emergency meeting? It sounds oh, like oh yeah absolutely they did.
2: that's what I'm saying the the opposition to the status the, the free staters and okay. the liberty people and to Mark's point about oh well you know the federal government rolled a tank into my my studio yeah you weren't here uh, but uh, that's that's true that is what they did and it sucks there's no doubt about it but no one should come into an activism movement where the express goal is to end the state and think that they're just going to sit on their thumbs the whole time as, you know, we have success after success. I agree.
0: I mean, we always knew there was going to be pushback. And I feel like that's something that, you know, gets overlooked in libertarian circles. If you're effective as an activist against the state, I mean, let's not. And libertarians
2: aren't. In in everywhere else except for New Hampshire. Right. And let's not you know.
0: miss words here, though. We're libertarians. We are. We oppose the state. We want to to one degree or another. You know, I, I, I'm i going to include the monarchists and the classical liberals here, even though I would argue they're they're classical liberals and monarchists, but whatever. We want to dismantle the state. We want to mm-hmm. severely, drastically or entirely reduce its power to zero. And we know what people do when you start threatening to take their power away. They lash out. They, they, they get go crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's what we're trying. Violent. We're, a- we're actively trying to do that to this organization that is defined by its use of violence against people.
2: They're not just going to sit around as people are spreading the idea of independence from their power, as people nope. are spreading the idea of peace against their wars. When was it that they tried to get Rich Paul or nobody to wear a wire? 2012. Okay,
0: so long before the the studio here ago. was raided or the property here was even raided, they and, were trying to infiltrate and trumped up charges. Yeah, they were yeah. they were literally trying to get somewhere to wire wire into the studio or into the activist center and get them to say that they were advocating violence or aggression or revolution or something that wasn't even true. No. Nope. But they wanted to find a reason, any reason to press charges or to, to trump up charges against the libertarian activists here in New Hampshire. Yeah,
2: and it's not going to stop with us. Regardless of whatever it is that happens to Free Talk Live, and obviously we're hoping for total victory uh, later this year in court. But regardless of what happens to us, the movement is going to continue. There are going to be continually um, migrating people coming here and, and getting active in various different ways. And some of them are going to raise their profile. And some of them are going to become targeted as well by the federal government. And that's a reality. And it's not fun. Right, like that's not what I'm. That's no, not what it kind of
0: sucks. To. No, that's yeah. It's, I want I to get, get back to spreading peace and the ideas yeah. of love and liberty.
2: I want to get well. I want to get back to being able to, you know, tell people about cryptocurrency and actually show them how to use uh, crypto by demonstrating it for them, which I cannot do uh, at this time. I can only just talk about it, and obviously, we're good at talking. That's why we're on talk radio, but we still can't do as much as we were previously able to do because of these uh, these bail restrictions that are on on us.
1: Did you know that today was the Salvation Army Day? What does that mean? Well, I well, they, I never I never knew they had a Salvation Army Day until they announced it this morning. So it's just uh, a uh, a yearly thing that they have this day after
2: the Mother's Day. So I guess. Um, but what does it mean? Their, Is it their anniversary guess, or something or what? they're just celebrating all the
1: great work that you know Salvation have, Army have done to help millions of people ever since it got mm-hmm. formed so i think it's it's that you know okay that it,
0: i'm it is indeed Salvation Army day but i'm not finding what that really means um, news.messenger.com which appears to be a very christian site just says it's observed annually on march the, march the 10th that that would not okay. be today. That that would be two months ago. So, I, yeah, this, yes, it is observed annually on March the 10th, according to com, which tells you, you know, what
2: various days yeah. there are assigned today.
0: It's not changing the world for me to go, oh, it's National Ride a Bike Day. Instead of driving my car, I'm going to ride a bike on this one day out of the year. That's not changing anything. That's not changing anyone's hearts and minds. It's not accomplishing anything.
2: Plus, and I don't know if it really raises that much awareness. Like, there's a person who is likely to ride a bike, and then there are the people that aren't. And I guess the idea is, well, let's encourage the people that aren't bike riders to ride a bike. And I don't think that if you live in a city in which bike riding is essentially not useful, like when I used to live in Sarasota, Florida... I never rode a bike. I didn't have a bike except when I was a kid, right? Right. As an adult, I didn't have a bike, and there would be no reason for me to have a bike. Everything was too far away from where I lived. Sure. I, there's there's shopping centers everywhere, but it was still it's still like this urban sprawl, and everything's just spread out, and you got to travel a long distance to get to to places. Generally. Well, even
0: if it's only like three miles, and it's just like a twenty minute bike ride or whatever, coming back with like five bags of clothing can't or whatever that. on a bicycle, yeah. You can't uh, I looked into getting a bicycle recently because I was like, you know, this would be a great way to exercise my dogs. You can just run beside sure. me. I can just ride a bike. $800 is what these well, things are running, though. And it's I, like,
2: that, they're that, not cheap if you want to get a good bike. There's no doubt about that. But in a town like Keene, you can actually use a bike. When I moved true. to Keene, I got a bike pretty much right away.
1: Aria's on my mind all the time. Oh, oh my. Something
2: else. She is something special, yeah, that's I mean, for sure.
1: Yes, and the way she says says things, you know, the literally the words that she chooses, it's literally like I'm saying it myself.
2: Wow, oh, that's she, cool.
1: It's Thanks, like we're David. cast from the same mold or something.
2: Well, you guys are kind of from the same area of the country. I mean, Alabama and Mississippi are uh, next-door neighbors. Sure. Yes, yes, sir. So what I mean, was yeah. that all you wanted to do was just call and say nice things about Aria, or was there anything else you wanted to uh to say on the No, I just thing.
1: wanted to blow some warm air up her shirt and let <laughs> her know you've got huge fans out here.
0: All right. Uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it is usually the exact opposite that I hear, but that's usually, you know, people on YouTube or Matrix or D Live or whatever. Who are
2: hiding behind their computer screens. Right. Yeah. So it's nice right. to hear from somebody well, saying that.
1: I'm a late sixties hippie. I'm the real thing. Okay. San Francisco hippie. Wow. And uh, I, uh, when when the Bay Area broke out into riots in the late '60s, I migrated over to Hawaii, and then uh, from there I came back to the South. But uh, hmm. yeah, I just uh, I can't believe it. I mean, well, all you guys, you know, you uh, we all have similar uh, feelings and views and things like that. It's uh, uh, quite amazing. Uh, I'm so glad that I
0: found your.